630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Quick scoreboard update here. Penguins up 4-0 on the Flyers. That's early in the third. Lightning leading the Devils 2-1, 8.5 left in the second period. Predators and Abs in about an hour. And at 8.30, the Sharks will try to sweep the Ducks. The Blue Jays won today 15-5 over Kansas City. Curtis Granderson hit a grand slam. Former Jay Jose Bautista signing a minor league deal with Atlanta. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. So hockey helps the homeless. This is coming up on uh, Friday, May 11th. Uh, We're going to have some details on that. Uh, We got uh, Murray Soroka in from the Jasper Place Wellness Center. Murray, good to see you. Good to be here. Uh, we also have Robin Brownlee. That's me. My producer, uh, Dave Campbell, <laughs> who you know as well, yes. just put on our lineup, Edmonton media personality. Yeah, what's that? what does that mean, that you're not really in the media anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, it That's means you, fair. Got, you got a big personality. And the other voice, Craig McTavish. Craig, good to see you. Thanks, Reed. Good to be here. So I got I to gotta jump right in here with you, Craig, and get this out of the way. Because uh, you know Morley Scott. I am. Very well. We work very yes. closely with him, and uh, I'm we're one of the few guys that know his real last name. That's right. Yeah, that's Wombold. a good, good point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you, there's the big reveal. Scott is his middle yeah. name. That's right. He is his radio name is Morley Scott. So we're sitting there talking hockey the other day, and Morley was working on the broadcast in uh, 2006. Fun spring, obviously, for Edmonton sports fans. And uh, Morley says to me, and he did not know you and I were going to do this segment. He didn't know you were coming in. We didn't know we were going to be talking. He goes, you know, Craig McTavish flat out outcoached Mike Babcock in the first round in 2006. True or false? Uh, I would say false, but I will say that Dwayne Rollison outplayed Manny Legacy. Uh, very, very, uh, by a by a large amount in that series and that really was the difference I think uh, you know Roley got on a roll and Manny was just average and that that's and then we got some confidence well I'm glad you've remained modest <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think too many people out coach Mike Babcock having watched him for many years and the job that he's done with the Leafs he's he's it's safe to say he knows what he's doing that was a, a, f- a fun time obviously you guys got rolling and, and we have Robin Brownlee here and uh, so Bob Stoffer has Oilers now noon to two every day on the station. So you got to give us the true version, because I've noticed sometimes the Stoffer version of stories, Robin, can be a little slanted. You've noticed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so and? he says you two were the only people, probably on the globe, that picked the Oilers to beat Detroit in that series. I don't know about on the globe, but I know you know in town we laugh about it because you know what when you're when you're wrong you push it off to the side and pretend it never happened. When you're right, and it wasn't really a long shot. I mean, I don't recall Bob's reasons for it. I just thought the matchup was all wrong for the for uh, the Red Wings. The Red Wings were the better team. You look at the standings, uh, but the matchups. I didn't like their goaltending. I liked what Pronger brought to the back end, and I liked how the Oilers would pursue the puck. The Red Wings like to come down like the Harlem Globetrotters, 
get it in your end and and what everybody calls the cycle now and uh, you know have a have a man in front and they played a good hockey and a, a great brand of hockey Nick Lidstrom on the back end I just thought the Oilers were hungry enough. What we'd seen uh, late, you know, late in the year, some of the things that came along. I Rollison, well, he wasn't fantastic down the stretch. He really buckled down in the playoffs. He was good down the stretch. I loved the addition of Samsonov. It gave them somebody, the opponent, somebody else to think about, aside from Hemsky and Horkoff, Smith, and the guys they had. And I just liked their, I just liked Edmonton's defense the way it matched up against that group of forwards. So yeah, I picked the Oilers on the air. Craig, you huh. mentioned you mentioned Rolson, obviously. And he was what right right at the trade deadline, a couple of days before the deadline. It was I think. right at the trade right, right deadline. At the deadline. I think. Yeah. We we gave up. Kevin did a uh, great job getting uh, Dwayne. Gave up a first rounder, if I'm not mistaken, for him. But we we had a very strong team all year long. Our goaltending was slightly soft during the year, but uh, you know Dwayne just uh, got on a roll. He 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 didn't start as Robin said. He didn't start. Uh, brilliantly, uh, but uh, he got up to that level quickly and he kept it there. So when did you sense it from him? Was it maybe a still few games left in the regular season where it's like, oh, maybe he's going to be the backbone here of a run? Or was it once you got into the Detroit series? I think we gained confidence collectively uh, as a group in that series. And really, when Stoff picked us, uh, I, I knew it was a lock, and then Robin echoed that. I knew uh, I knew we had a very good chance because of the expertise of those two gentlemen. Here's your twenty. <laughs> you know th- this this first round. We've we've seen some teams fall behind. We've seen some some lopsided games. Obviously, um, the Sharks have Anaheim on the ropes tonight. Uh, Pittsburgh's been doing really well against Philly. Washington got down two nothing. In the second round in 2006, San Jose beat you guys. I think it was 3-1 both games in in the first two rounds. And I remember I remember watching those and thinking, oh, it looks like San Jose is just that little bit better. That they're just a little bit more seasoned, a little bit deeper. And then you guys won four straight. What, what are what are coaches going through when they when they get down in a in a series? I, I mean, is it just late hours of adjustments? Is it trying to keep the attitudes up? I mean, what happens when a team falls behind, but but they still feel like they were in those games. Yeah, I think it's all of that from a coaching standpoint. It is attitude and energy is vital and belief is maybe as important uh, or maybe secondary to talent. If you lose your belief in your ability to, to win, you're, it's a slippery slope out of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I remember Rafi uh, played a real prominent role in that series where he had a big hit on... Uh, uh, Mahalik, right, right. And Mahalik, Mahalik was yeah. doing uh, a lot of damage, and that seemed to turn the series somewhat. Dwayne Rollison had an unbelievable save in overtime uh, at home, and I think Game Three that allowed us to win the game. So, it's always when you have success, it's always a combination of a lot of factors that go your way at critical times, and the, that that really did happen to us. We had uh, Rafi Torres, who I mentioned, played a great role with Michael Pekka and Fernando Pisani had an all-world playoff too. So there were a lot of... Uh, t- to win, you have to have contributions from all six of your defensemen and uh, four forward lines, and we were able to do that. 
Craig McTavish, Robin Brownlee joining us in studio along with Murray Soroka, who's the director of the Jasper Place Wellness Centre. And Murray, uh, Murray, i got to spend some time with you here. Hockey Helps the Homeless is coming up at the Terwilliger Rec Centre on uh, on May 11th. And uh, be- before we get into into the, some of the details, and, and Craig, obviously you're one of many former Oilers and NHLers who are, are going to be helping out with this as well. And Robin, we'll get to your role. But Murray, this is, you know, people hear the word... Um, homeless, and sometimes that conjures a lot of, um, you know, negative words for people, I think, whether it's, oh, a homeless guy, you know, asked me for change and bothered me, or a dirty homeless person was in my way on, on on the street, but you obviously have a much different perspective of that and i can kind of get you to expand on it here but i I assume there's a lot more of a a human side to it for you yeah absolutely and i think for a lot of people we've come to understand as a society that homelessness is a detriment to all of us in the long run Uh, there's studies out now that by the alberta government that have showed that it can cost 80 to 150 thousand dollars to keep somebody homeless because of the increased medical costs and the increased criminal justice costs and, and the public nuisance costs. So all those costs cost us as a society. So it's much better as a society to uh, try to end that homelessness and end it quickly. People are going to always cycle into homelessness, but people don't need to be homeless 10, 20, 30 years, which we have uh, a plethora of that in Edmonton. People have been chronically homeless uh, for decades. And that needs to change, and I think as a society we've come to realize that. And there's a lot of reasons why people fall into homelessness. Um, and a lot of it is to do with poverty mm-hmm. uh, and uh, trauma. People are traumatized by their lives. Uh, I knew a successful businessman here in Edmonton who uh, ended up in an ugly divorce with his wife, started drinking, lost his apartment, uh, was living in his car, lost his car, and the next thing you know he's in a lineup at Hope Mission. And he didn't know where his life had went. And it can happen very quickly in our society. And it, it costs a lot to stay in an apartment or in a home for any of us. And we all know that, um, well, other statistics also show that a lot of people in Edmonton and Alberta are just one paycheck away from being homeless. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, you get sick and don't go to work for two weeks and you're an hourly employee at um, a retail store. Um, they don't pay you to be home and sick. Uh, you don't get a paycheck. Now you're behind on rent by two or three hundred dollars, and it starts to snowball. What? What do? Because they they do a homeless count in Edmonton every year, don't they? Every couple yeah, years. What, yeah, yeah. We just did at? one last week, actually. Okay. Okay. So we do it every two years. Uh, before, two years ago, it was seventeen hundred and eighty-five people that were homeless, uh, identified as homeless. Um, that's just a one-day count. Go out and count people and see w- what you can find. But uh, Edmonton has reduced the homeless numbers dramatically. Um, Edmonton is a world leader, actually, in ending homelessness. We've won an international award, a Vanguard City Award, for the efforts we've done in trying to end homelessness in Edmonton. Uh, the city of Edmonton has housed almost close to 7,000 people in the last nine years. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah, we're really making great strides. And under that, a lot of system changes have come into place around uh, why people stay homeless. For, for instance, uh, identification. Uh, Ten years ago... Uh, Everybody in Alberta, your your driver's license was your ID. 
But if you didn't drive, you didn't have picture ID. And without picture ID, you couldn't get to see a doctor or an Alberta healthcare card. So actually, through this program, they've created an Alberta identification card for anybody uh, that needs an identification card. Maybe even if you're getting on a plane and flying, but you don't have a driver's license. So a lot of system changes have come out of this program in Edmonton. And, and I think as Edmontonians, we need to be really proud that we're making great strides towards ending homelessness. Well, we're going to let people know how they can help. We're going to tell them how Hockey Helps. Hockey Helps the Homeless is coming up on May 11th. We have Murray Soroka, Craig McTavish, Robin Brownlee in studio. Inside Sports on Ched. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ched. Hey, we'll have an Eskimos game on this very station on May 27th. A preseason game against an opponent from Saskatchewan. You may have heard of them. <laughs> they, they tend to bring a few fans to the stadium. We'll see if that happens for a preseason a game. Energy. Oh, it, it will. It will. They'll be out for the preseason game. Uh, we have Murray Soroka in studio. He's the director of the Jasper Place Wellness Centre. We have Craig McTavish with us as well and uh, Robin Brownlee. We're talking hockey. We're talking about hockey helps the homeless. A text here to 630-630. It's a pleasure to hear Mr. Craig McTavish on air tonight. I got a flashback to those old days when I watched him play on the ice without a helmet smiley face huh. well you still play without a helmet don't you that uh occasionally i don't play a lot anymore didn't but, you play uh, in winnipeg occasionally i played in winnipeg without a helmet my line mates were uh, our old buddy dave Samanko and and uh, bj mcdonald oh. my line mates that that <laughs> game so the, the thing i remember most about that game is that it started about well the the nhl game started about four hours after it was supposed to who knew there was going to be a weather delay because it was too good. <laughs> yeah, it was too sunny. Yeah, it was too sunny. Wonderful uh, time there in Winnipeg. Hockey helps the homeless. Okay, uh, whoever, maybe you have the nuts and bolts here, Robin. So Friday, May 11th, it's going to be at the Terwilliger Rec Center. Yes. You got a long list of alumni uh, besides Craig, uh, George Larac. Uh, Sean Bell, Dave Lomley, uh, Rob Brown's going to play, Glenn Anderson, uh, Pisani, who we were talking about earlier. So a whole bunch of uh, ex, many ex-Oilers and, uh, and ex, ex-NHLers as well. So how is this, and, and Murray, you can jump in as well. How is this going to work for the people who choose to take part in this event? Is this almost like it's like a little bit of a fantasy experience or how is it going to go? Yeah, I think it is a fantasy experience for a lot of the players. I mean, to be able to sit in a room with some of these uh, legends of oiler hockey and, and hear the stories. I think a lot of guys have told me it's more fun in the dressing room than I'm being out on the ice because of the <laughs> stories. And, and Krushelinski pulls out his rings and other people pull out their rings and tell great stories. So it's definitely a fantasy to be out on the ice with these gentlemen and actually in the dressing room. So how many games are they going to play? They play three games. Three yeah. games each. We've got a field of 20 teams. Okay. Three women's teams, 17 men's teams. We capped it at 20, which is... We had a, a great response this year. Um, uh, Wolf Brooks, uh, the old United Cycle uh, family, uh, snuck in a 20th team. We met for coffee and... Uh, yeah. He said, I want to jump in, and uh, Wilf's got a lot of energy. He's in his 70s now. Everybody knows Wilf, and uh, he's in. So, yeah, you've got, you've got the teams that can have a one or two pros. Uh, there will be a draft, we were talking before, based on the fundraising of each team. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a, a lot of fun, and you, you talk about 
the fantasy part of it. I just looked down this list. I don't think of it like that yet, but I'm not coming from a fan's perspective. But I'll tell you what, I looked through these names, and we added some names uh, beyond the advisory you had, Reed. You're probably aware of them. You know, uh, Kelly Buckberger, uh, Ethan Moreau, so two former captains, Dean McCammond, uh, Kevin Primo's in. But uh, David Pelche, the, the, I mean, talk about a guy who can skate, not known right. as a hockey player. But I look down this list, and there's some guys who uh, can tell it. And people always, not not a former Oiler, but a, a good Edmonton boy who I know from back in his 212-point season in Kamloops, Rob Brown, I watched that season. He still got sick hands. And I still <laughs> laugh when people go, he was never that. I don't care what he wasn't. He had 212 points. He got around the net one way or another uh, and had 212 points. And, you know, he's wonderful to play with. All the tournaments that these fellas take part in, you talk to the fans after, whether it's somebody else's or what we're doing this year, and these guys tell stories and make sure that the people on their team have a wonderful time. Murray, so this will help out, obviously, uh, your Jasper Place Wellness Centre and the Mustard Seed as well. I mean, just give me a sense of, of, of how important this this is, uh, not just with the, the, the uh, well, I mean, the awareness and, and the fundraising. Maybe touch on how people can help, too, if uh, if they want to help in other ways. Sure. So uh, Jasper Place Wellness Centre, we sort of have five fo- focuses that we try to help with people experiencing homelessness. So we have a housing program. As I said, we've housed 1,100 people in the last 10 years out of homelessness into housing. We have an apartment building that is uh, of 30 units that supports people that have uh, some chronic illnesses and mental health uh, disorders. We have a health clinic now where we have doctors working for us so people can gain access to health care. And it's very difficult for uh, people experiencing homelessness to actually a- access good health care. We have uh, five for-profit businesses that we run that employs people, pay a living wage with health benefits, and gets people an opportunity to get back to work. Uh, we have a food program where people can actually come in. It's called Food for Good, and people can come in and learn how to cook and learn cooking skills and life skills. And we have an education program as well. So we're, we're trying to be a holistic approach, not just, you know, here's an apartment, hope you make it, but more support around people and, and their opportunity to stay ho- uh, come out of homelessness and stay housed for the long term. We don't solve poverty. We don't solve mental illnesses or addictions, but we save or solve their homeless issues. So people even uh, can donate directly to us or the Mustard Seed Rate online. Or, you know, sign up with Hockey Helps the Homeless. Go to hockeyhelpsthehomeless.com, look for the Edmonton tournament, and sign up. Play. See, that's a true pro getting the website in there, too, at the end, (laughs) right? Yeah. I was at... uh, uh, Visiting our old buddy Brian Ross today, and uh, ex Edmonton Eskimo Tommy Richards was uh, is going to play in the game too as well. So he's he got me to sponsor him for the uh, oh nice in the five minute uh, visit I had with Tommy. And uh, so the website's important. You can go to the website and uh, sponsor a player. And on a much uh, lighter note. Uh, I'm sure there's some blogger out there doing the draft rankings for the guys that are going to be in this. So I'm curious to see where you're ranked, Craig. <laughs> well, probably where I was on my NHL draft day, which was way, way back. <laughs> More with Craig McTavish, Robin Brownlee, Murray Soroka when we get back inside Sports on Shed. 
is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Well, the Penguins are rolling over the Flyers tonight. Two minutes left, 5 nothing for the Pens. They'll be up 3-1 in that series. The Lightning still holding on to a 2-1 lead over the Devils. That is now through two periods, and of course the Lightning lead the series two games to one. Later, San Jose will try to sweep Anaheim. That one starts in an hour, and coming up at the top of the clock, Nashville in Colorado. Game four home team has won every game so far. The Blue Jays won 15-5 over Kansas City. Curtis Granderson had a grand slam. The Selkie finalists are Bergeron, Couturier, and Kopitar, and Winnipeg's Josh Morrissey gets a one-game suspension for the cross-check on Minnesota's Eric Stahl. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. we got some special guests in studio. Uh, again, HockeyHelpsTheHomeless.com. Murray Soroka from the Jasper Place Well in the Center. Murray, thanks for those uh, incredible answers about some insight into homelessness and how your organization is helping, how the Mustard Seed is helping, and how anybody can help, whether they want want to take part in Hockey Helps the Homeless or or uh, just go to your website or the Hockey Helps the Homeless website and, and check it out. Really appreciate that. Well, thanks great for stuff. having us, Reed. It's been really great to talk to you. Craig Bitavish is here as well. Obviously, uh, what do we got here? Former, forgive me if I forget any titles, Craig, former captain, coach, general manager of the Oilers, and now senior vice president of hockey operations. Did I hit the big bullet Chief, points? Uh, uh, bottle washer and <laughs> <laughs> assistant coach. Assistant coach. Oh, of course. Yes. yes. And Robin Brownlee, who uh, covered the Oilers for decades. <laughs> when you put it that way, yeah. yeah. And it seemed like that at times, but it wasn't. Uh, Craig had the joy of answering your questions as a player, coach, captain, assistant coach. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So now you guys are working together. Robin was always fair and honest, and uh, as are, you know, 99% of the journalists here in Edmonton, everybody's got a job to do. Robin talked a little bit about that off-air, and uh, I certainly respected the job that he did in covering the Oilers for many years. Did you ever go into another city, Craig, and think to yourself, where's all the media? Because you play in Canada, you play in Edmonton, yeah. there's people around. Maybe I'm putting you in an awkward spot here because every city well, is different. Every, but a lot of American cities, yeah. for sure, that uh, they're just not uh, covered with the same veracity as the Edmonton Oilers, which is a real benefit to us because we have a rabid fan base and a passionate fan base, and that's what makes it so good to uh, play coach and manage here in Edmonton. I, I, Robin, you brought up uh, Rob Brown. And he's actually mentioned how you, you covered his junior team. So I, I, I got to ask you guys, spinning that off here, about, about Ken Hitchcock. Because he's, uh, he's retiring from coaching. Uh, Craig, you would know him, obviously, would have coached against him. Robin, you would have covered him going back to his roots. Uh, I mean, Craig, I'll start with you. I mean, what a successful career for Hitch. Uh, it seems several times, well, he's done. He can't coach. I, I don't trust him currently. I think <laughs> That's a good point. He's retired until he gets his next job. And, right. But, no, he's done a wonderful job and been a great ambassador to the game of hockey over the years. And, you know, the story is well documented where he started with, uh, as Robin mentioned earlier, Wilf Brooks at United Cycle. And uh, he worked for Wilf at United Cycle and coached Bantam and minor hockey and midget and worked his way up and had a passion and an intellect for the game that uh, few have surpassed over over the term of his coaching career. So 
kudos to Ken and the job that he did for many years. So when you when you're on the bench against a guy like Ken, or you mentioned how much you respected Babcock, and he he's still going. I mean, did you feel the the, the mind games with with the other guy? Like I know sometimes coaches yeah. say the the haze in the barn, and then you let the players. But in game, there's got to be that that little competition with the other coach and oh, the adjustments. What, what, it definitely is. And uh, Ken was more a strategic uh, coach, and I think a, a, a guy that focused too much on matchups. We we generally had the. Uh, more focus on the matchups because in most instances he had the more powerful team when he was in Dallas against us. I had the the pleasure of coaching with Ken at, uh, at one of the world championships that uh, happened during the lockout in uh, in Quebec and he was a real emotional guy on the bench and I could just see the red in the, the level of red in his ears go up as the intensity as he got madder and madder when I was standing beside him coaching the coaching the defense but he he really uh internalized a lot of that with the exception of uh of the color of his ears <laughs> robin rob told a great story last week so they're they're in Kamloops. rob's the captain and hitch is putting them through a uh, very grueling practice shall we say and rob let out a word that indicated how he felt <laughs> about yeah. ken's tactics in practice and uh ken uh body checked him basically I don't don't know if that would happen nowadays and kicked him off the team so Rob went home Rob's dad as you guys will know was the general manager of the team (laughs) comes home says why aren't you at practice well Hitch kicked me off the team so they drive back to the arena Ken two things uh, Rob's our best player so he shouldn't kick him off the team it's also my son and I'm the general manager so you yeah. can't really kick him off the team but you must have you must have seen some interesting stuff when he was coming up in, in junior with with that intensity and coaching Rob and some of the talent they had you'd always hear brownie from the bench because <laughs> Rob would not be paying full attention to a drill or not at, uh, full attention to a line rush during a game you know I gathered a respect for Ken Hitchcock uh, really early. Kamloops is not a small place, but it's a town. No matter what time of day uh, you drive down Main Street by the David Thompson Hotel, the Blazers had a little office across from Old Memorial Arena there. You'd see Hitch's car in front. And sure enough, if you knocked on the door, he'd peek out from the coach's room whether it was, and the guys we had covering the team then too, Ben Kuzma, who's still covering the Canucks, yeah. Ian McIntyre, who's still covering, and myself were in Kamloops. And we were all lucky enough to go on uh, to bigger papers. But Hitch, that vehicle was out there, and it was the old satellite dish days. And it didn't work worth a darn, and he'd get frustrated. But he was watching every game he could watch. He was putting in the work. And I remember when I left Kamloops uh, a year or so before him, I just thought sooner or later, people are going to see the the hockey mind uh, and the willingness to work that Ken Hitchcock has. And and frankly, I wrote about it publicly, uh, and it was obvious at the time. The one thing in my mind that kept him out of the NHL at that early age was his weight. It, 
image matters. It shouldn't, but it does. And when he got that assistance job in Philly, I thought, he's on his way because I don't care. Uh, and he lost a lot of weight, as we know, over the years and got got way down. Good for his health and, and all that. But I thought, man, the, you got it. The hockey world has to get past that. And somebody has given me a hard time on Twitter the other day. They said, I remember back in 19, when he got the job in Philly, you said... Now that he's here, he's not going anywhere. And, and that was on the day he retired. So whoever the fan was, I appreciate you remember <laughs> that I'd said that. But yeah, uh, Ken lived the game. He loves the game. He's got other interests. A lot of people don't know. He's got a degree in marine biology, of all things. You know, he's a golfer. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that either. He's got a... a de- where, where does that fit in? He explains in the- a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and, and what a career. And it was fun all those years, from my point of view, doing my job, watching the Oilers bump up against the Stars and generally be the underdogs. But... You know, get over the hump that one time uh, on on Todd Marchant's goal. It was tooth and nail, and it was like we were honorary citizens of Dallas after a while with all those consecutive <laughs> playoff series. The ladies in the coffee shops knew everybody by name, and and uh, in the old Reunion Arena, and and that uh, yeah, he had, he had a terrific career. And I think Craig, you said it well. He's he's retired until the next job he's interested in comes along, right? He's too so, so passionate about coaching. It's tough. Uh, for a guy like that that has that level of passion to uh, to, to walk away from it but I, I Bob Brown Rob's dad uh, works for us and scouts for us so I've traveled with Bob on many occasions and he has a lot of great stories about uh, about his relationship with Ken and how they did things in Kamloops a lot of comedic stories about uh, Ken I can't wait for the uh, for the roast and the banquet <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, guys, thanks a lot for, for coming in. Uh, again, Hockey Helps the Homeless is coming up on May 11th, hockeyhelpsthehomeless.com. Uh, Murray Soroka is here as well from the Jasper Place Wellness Center. Murray, are you going to get to play in this thing? Or are you no, too busy I'll organizing be it? it? We'll He's... be uh, schlepping food and, and water into the dressing rooms. All right. <laughs> All right. And Craig, are you in game shape? I'm not too bad, but uh, I wanted to say that one of the reasons I'm involved in this, outside of it being uh, a, a great charity with all the work and development going downtown, we certainly are obliged to look after these people. Murray has done a great job uh, representing uh, uh, the group, and uh, but uh, Ron and Linda Lowe, yeah. who have been actively involved in this for many years. Ron, I, I uh, was a coach of mine for many years, has done great work uh, for Hockey Helps the Homeless. And uh, Linda, his wife, is uh, also a very uh, avid supporter and my neighbors out in the West End. Awesome stuff. I really appreciate you, you, you coming in, and, and I appreciate the stories, but obviously getting involved in Hockey Helps the Homeless is uh, incredible. Again, hockeyhelpsthehomeless.com. And you need anything else, Murray, Craig, Robin, just let me know. Thanks. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, Thanks Reed. for having Great. us Thank in. You. Appreciate it. Nice Thank catching you. up. Inside Sports on Chad. We're coming right back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. 
right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Well, that was a lot of fun. Craig McTavish in studio, along with Robin Brownlee and Murray Soroka, who's the director of the Jasper Place Wellness Center. Hockey helps the homeless May 11th at the Terrilliger Rec Center. Uh, besides Jasper Place Wellness Center, going to help the mustard seed as well. HockeyHelpsTheHomeless.com. Uh, you heard Robin Brownlee going through some of the names that are going to be playing a lot of great ex-Oilers. Uh, Kelly Bookberger, Ethan Morrow, uh, McTavish is going to be out there as well. So uh, really cool. Uh, and uh, yes, there's absolutely a fun part to it for, for hockey fans to uh, skate alongside their heroes, but uh, awesome to uh, help out the homeless in Edmonton. And uh, Murray gave the numbers about 1,700 uh, homeless in Edmonton by the last count. Um and that's unfortunate for those people, but the good news is Edmonton's seen as a world leader in dealing with uh, homelessness. So good stuff there. HockeyHelpsTheHomeless.com. You can text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Southside Rob texting in, who says, uh, Craig McTavish, classy guy, smart and underrated hockey player, general manager and coach. Robin Brownlee, great media journalist, personality, great sense of humor. Hockey Helps the Homeless is a great cause. That is from Southside Rob. Uh, This is an interesting one here. I have a picture of Ken Hitchcock from 1967. He was the equipment boy for the Otwell hockey team. Wow. (laughs) Well, that's something. That person wanted an email. I gave, I gave the Inside Sports email, Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. Picture of Ken Hitchcock from 1967 as a uh, equipment boy for Otwell. It's a little bit of hockey memorabilia for you. Going back down memory lane in Edmonton. Good stuff. You can always text 630-630. Phone number 780-496-0063. Uh, all right, here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. 5 nothing. Pittsburgh has beaten Philadelphia. Penguins, despite having a loss in that series, have pretty much been in control. They're up three games to one, headed home for game five. The Lightning still up 2-1 on the Devils, five minutes into the third. All the scoring in the first. Miller and Kucherov for the Lightning. Palmieri for the Devils. Kucherov, I know there's a lot of speculation about a, a hit he delivered on Sammy Vatanen in the first period that uh, I imagine will be looked at. By uh, by hockey ops, by the NHL Department of Player Safety, so he could be facing a suspension. I wouldn't think it would be more than a game. Kind of similar to the uh, the the Doughty hit against Vegas back in the first game of that series, but Kucherov could be disciplined for that one. Predators and Avalanche will start at the top of the hour. The Ducks and the Sharks will face off at eight thirty. All right, Kellen, you're gonna like this. All right. I, you, you were working a couple of weeks ago when we got on one of our off-topic topics about high schools in the city of Edmonton. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Uh, let me see. You went to McNally. No. You went to Emmy Lazert. That's correct. The Voyageurs. There you go. You've taught me something. You got it in two tries and, this time. And you were the Voyageur. You <laughs> yes. wore the mascot costume. Yes, I did. So just to summarize our conversation, I, as I've pointed out several times, did not grow up in Edmonton. I went to Grand Trunk High School in Evansburg, Alberta, a long time ago, but you always remember your high school. So I have certainly a, an awareness of Edmonton High Schools and a general awareness of which um, teams are 
which schools generally are good in athletics, though there's certainly ebb and flow to that. So you and I were half-jokingly, you were quizzing me on naming as many high schools as I could in Edmonton. Correct. And through that, I got the idea, why don't we do a high school-themed sports show? Why don't we just do a high school-themed sports show? Guess what, Kellen? We're doing it tomorrow. Nice. We have lined up uh, some coaches, some athletic directors, and, of course, some high school athletes. All of them will be in studio to talk about their schools, their experiences, their stories. And we have stories that will go deeper than just I'm a really good point guard or I'm a really good volleyball player. We, we have some really interesting uh, young athletes coming in with their coaches. And, and so we'll talk a little bit about high school athletics, about the rivalries in Edmonton, about the Edmonton school scene. And you're going to get to know some high school aged athletes who they are and their great stories because there are a lot of great stories in sports regardless of the level you play at so we're going to bring you those tomorrow the first ever inside sports high school sports show do we need to call it an extravaganza that's a, a high school sports special i How love about it. that i love it the first ever inside sports high school sports special will be tomorrow It'll be the first. I do not believe it'll be the last. But we're going to get the ball rolling. Oh, tomorrow's going to be phenomenal, Reed. These uh, athletes are the future because a lot of these athletes will end up going to various university programs and uh, uh, maybe CIS down the road, maybe ACAC. Well, it's going to be great. There's going to be some great stories. So we, we, I was glad we were able to follow through on that. So that's some good stuff. By the way, some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Attend the perfect marriage of bird and beer. A five-course meal paired with six collective art beers prepared by guest chefs from Solstice and Pharaoh. RSVP at NorthChickenYEG.com. Wow, marriage of bird and beer. Sounds like a wedding I'd like to go to. Har, uh, Harpreet says, I graduated grade 9 from Otwell in 0304. My math teacher, Mr. Loxham, always talked about how Hitch was an Otwell alum. Well, there you go. Good stuff on the text line to 630, 630-630. Uh, so we'll do the high school sports show tomorrow. We may have one uh, NHL uh, segment in there just to talk a little bit of hockey, but it's going to be like 80% high school sports, so that'll be pretty cool. Friday, I think Jack Michaels is coming in. So batting down the hatches for that one. It's going to be an action-packed <laughs> end to the week on Inside Sports. Oh, it's going to be exciting, Kellen. I'm almost overwhelmed just talking about it. Uh, oh, yeah, I got an email. Oh, All Melissa right. wrote in, uh, good evening, Mr. Punny. There are two gals listening. So we had Grace, the girl listener, write in. Now we've had Melissa write in. We have free because the person who phoned earlier... Uh, is a woman and does listen to the show, so. And Deb has emailed, I was listening to your show earlier, couldn't send you a text, I was driving, but I am a lady who listens to your show most nights and a fan. So maybe you have more lady listeners than you know, LOL. By the way, I live in Wildwood, and you know where that is. Speaking of rivalries, Evansburg and Wildwood. Big rivalry. Well, here's a, here's a funny thing. Uh, in, in junior high you'd play Wildwood in junior high sports. Wildwood didn't have a high school. Their kids came to Grand Trunk. So the, the 
guys you'd play against for three years and learn to hate would then be your teammates in grade 10, 11, and 12. Hashtag awkward. All right, so we have at least four female listeners of various ages, so that is encouraging. Thanks to Craig McTavish, Robin Brownlee, and Murray Soroka for coming in. You also heard from Todd Nelson and Kelly Rudy. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, and to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will talk to you tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.